0: Stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge.
1: Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm back to my same old hosting duties, and I'm joined by Zach's associate stock strategist, Maddie Johnson, this week to talk about, of course, our favorite topic, retail. It's been a while since we talked about retail. But we want to take a little bit of a more niche look this week at the luxury side. What's happening there with the pandemic, the lockdowns? How is that being impacted? Are they able to innovate to survive? Are they thriving? What's happening? Um, there's a lot going on with luxury, Maddie. That's why we wanted to talk about it here. And there's you know, a couple different Submarkets really in luxury. There's the fashion side, like the apparel, shoes, handbags. There's that stuff. There's beauty luxury. There's even like furniture luxury. I guess we could even say cars if we wanted to go oh, like, all out. For- like, yeah, <laughs> across the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like beauty, fashion, apparel, accessories, that area is. Uh, having the most kind of dislocations with the pandemic right now, because a lot of those purchases might have been done in stores, like actually in brick and mortar, at least here in the United States originally. And now some, at least, have you know, gone online, hopefully, uh, for these companies that they have. But will they stay online? And where does that go? And then you and I were talking um, off off podcast when Amazon announced it was finally launching its like luxury type of store, Amazon Luxury Store. I think is what it's called. Wait, I wrote down the name. Yes, Amazon Luxury, luxury Store. Yeah, yeah. Um, easy enough name to remember. And that is going to be like their answer, it looks like to Tmall, which is operated in China by Alibaba. And that's the, they have a luxury brand over there that's called Tmall Luxury Pavilion. And then they have one that they just launched that's called Luxury Soho. And that has really been booming over in China. So I don't blame Amazon for taking a look at that, and seeing what's going on with Tmall and being like, uh, we could do the same over here in the United States. But I don't know. Can they? Like, this is the thing. They launched Amazon luxury stores with just Oscar de la Renta so far. Um, but Tmall, which launched in 2017, has 180 brands now. They've slowly added, and I feel like with these types of big, you know, kind of luxury, uh, new innovations. They start off kind of small and then a few brave companies kind of go in first. And then if it works, obviously it's easy to get the other ones to join in. Uh, But Tmall has like Burberry, Prada, Cartier, Bulgari, Valentino. Like these are like some real luxury names. Like they're not messing around, obviously.
0: Right. Well, I think that so like when you shared... Um uh, the story with me that like Amazon was like going luxury. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that Oscar de la Renta was the first brand to join yeah. them just because it I mean the like the women who wear Oscar de la Renta I mean it just seems like a a, a very specific consumer that they're going after. Yeah. Um. Where it's, it's just I don't want to say it's very... old school because it's not, but it's just it's very like. I mean, you're spending at least three thousand dollars on a pair of pants on like a blouse. I mean, it's
1: yeah,
0: true luxury. Yes. Yes, but um, like I would almost like because like Prada and Gucci, I mean, they're very popular, popular, and they're a bit more approachable yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, where it's I mean, Gucci is like. Maybe they didn't need, or Gucci didn't need to like partner with Amazon because they're probably raking in the sales regardless um, of whatever like direct-to-consumer platform that they choose um, choose to go with and like sell their product on. But it'll be interesting to see like what other brands join because Oscar de la Renta is like kind of a high bar to to set with with the luxury shops. I feel.
1: Yeah. And how they're doing it on Amazon is that it's by invitation only, although you can request an invitation, apparently, if you're a consumer to right. go on. And they're, I think it's limited to Prime only as well. And so they haven't really said, because they're not going to reveal how do they send out the invitations, but clearly they have your whole Prime spending habits, so they already kind of know... You know if you would be in the luxury category and then they have your zip code and all this other stuff where they can mm. use the computer algorithms to determine whether or not you would be a luxury shopper i do want to just announce i have not yet gotten an invitation oh <laughs> have you gotten I, one yet?
0: you know i think it was has been lost in you know the mail or like my email spam it.
1: filter yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, so we're, we're not the target audience, apparently not yet, but as you just, not mentioned, yet. right. But it only has Oscar de la Renta. So we may not be the target for that particular brand. Um, but it will be interesting, as you just mentioned, to see like who else is going to be on the, the platform because they know how Tmall works now. And they know, given the fact there's at least 180 brands there now, they know they can make money over there. But yeah. I do feel like China is a little different of a consumer market. Like they just are more into the online. They have they're all paying online because over on T Mall, you use Alipay. Obviously, it's owned by Alibaba. So everything is done in Alipay, but they're used to all that. They're just like, oh sure. And they're used to just buying online. That's not an issue for them. And it's like a huge percentage um, are on all of T Mall because all of Tmall is not the luxury. They have like other regular stores over there too. And so a ton of just their overall spending is done online there, but that's not true in the United States. Like it's still, prior to the pandemic, it was 80% brick and mortar still, only 20% was online. And now obviously the pandemic has caused this big surge online, but how much will stay? How many people will wanna go back into the stores? Um, for some stuff, and not keep ordering it online or, or whatever they're doing online. Yeah. we don't yet. Something to yep. consider
0: is that it's like where you were buying brands like Oscar De La Renta before the pandemic, and that right. was a at big d- department stores: Barney's, yes. Demon's, Saks, Bergdorf Goodman. Um, that I mean, and some of them have gone under. Some of them <laughs> have gone under. I mean. Barney's, barney's location barney's um, in the chicago here that went bye-bye yeah so it's i mean apart from like an oscar de la renta brick and mortar store which i'm assuming is out in the la area and maybe in pro- probably new york we don't have an oscar store in chicago i don't okay. think so I think um seen. yeah so like let's say you know for us when we eventually do get that in for, in for or invite for amazon luxury shops yeah. Um. That might be like, you know, just a way to access the brand beyond, you know, going to a department store where that's just not like, yeah, the number one place to shop.
1: Right. And or if you're in like a secondary city, I guess should right. be considered one if we don't have an Oscar store here. <laughs> or, but but let's say you're in, you know, Columbus, Ohio, or somewhere like sure. that, and you want to shop there, then, you know, the online, is, you know thing would work for you but why can't these brands just have their own online capabilities do they not want to or or what's in it for them to be on amazon other than they do get access to the amazon customers through however their computer you know finds them i don't know there have been some big retailers who have ditched amazon altogether so like nike remember i forgot about this but they stopped all direct sales through Amazon in 2019. Remember when they just yanked all their shoes and everything off the site, they have a lot of other, they have their own site they're trying to develop, but they're, you know, bigger than like an Oscar or a Chanel or something, you know, they just have bigger capabilities to, to do the shipping and the distribution and all that, but they still will have to do that from, even if they're on Amazon, because from what I saw with T-Mall, the some of the success of it T-Mall is that you have your page on there, but you're handling all your own promotions, you control the supply chain, all of that. I'm assuming Amazon luxury stores is similar, because why reinvent the wheel? They know this, this yeah. works. And they do offer, like Amazon is offering interactive 360 degree views for the fashion lines on there. And Mall has, like, live streaming with influencers and augmented reality interactive features, at least on the beauty pages they do. So you can, like, try on the makeup there. But makeup is another area they didn't say these luxury stores so far look like in the fashion category. But some, you know, exclusive makeup brands are not on Amazon either, like Estee Lauder. I don't believe they sell on there, but I think they do sell over on Tmall and ever all the online portals over in China. And, but I don't know, like, you know, some of them have maybe been hesitant to go on Amazon because I don't know about you, but I hesitate to buy some of the beauty products on there because they did have that problem with all the fakes and the knockoffs. And yeah, I, I don't buy beauty on Amazon. I'll buy a lot of things on
0: Amazon, but beauty is not one of them. Like I'll go to, like, it's Sephora, it's a uh, Violet Gray, um, okay. which they carry a lot of um, higher price point, like, luxury beauty items. Okay. Um, it's just, like, it's a level of... Uh, it's, like, it's a trust, right? So if you kind of get the short end of the stick with, like, a moisturizer, and it makes you break out, where if you bought it at Nordstrom before, it didn't, and you're, like, I just... I can't trust... Especially, like, um. Something that could, can affect like the way you, that you look.
1: Right. Yeah. And and for like Estee Lauder, which has makeup, but skincare is huge for them. I didn't realize they owned La that's that sold in upscale department stores, but also at Sephora. Um, they have Origins, obviously Estee Lauder with all of its skincare line too. And Tom Ford is is owned by them. So they're pretty big on the skincare side too, but it's not hurting them to not be on Amazon. I mean, they saw triple-digit organic sales growth in the fourth quarter, and then a lot of it had to switch over to to online because the store closures. Obviously, if the Bloomingdale's and the Macy's are closed, Um, although you can order, you could have ordered online through them too, but still they saw a huge surge in online and they really upped their game, their own game on online capabilities. So evidently Estee Lauder right now sees no need, no need to be on Amazon. So that makes me a little bit dubious about what's going to happen to Amazon luxury stores. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's, we can't underestimate Amazon, like their whole, you know, I guess like all of the years that they've been a business, I feel like they've, I don't want to say perceived as the underdog, but it's like when they do something new, they're like, well, you know, we're all questioned like, well, why do they have to do this? Will they, will they do it? Will they, will they be successful? And a lot of the times they have been. So it just, it's also, I feel like if they get some different, maybe more, trendier ready to wear and luxury brands on the site, I think that'll help them kind of cement their, their footprint in the market. Because if you go like I'm on Oscar de la Renta's website right now, like you can go in and like buy pretty much anything from the brand on the website and have it shipped to you. And one of the things that they've implemented is um, like payment with a firm, which is that, um, installment-based platform that allows you to pay, like, let's say I, like, I'm going to buy this $3,000 dress. Yeah, I can pay for it over installments for $264 a month or whatever, yeah. you know, based on your credit. Yeah. Will Amazon do that? Because that, I mean, using a firm and, like, utilizing, like, an afterpay sort of situation kind of, it widens your customer base, where instead of, like, you know, the 50-year-old, um well-established woman in, like, a high-powered career, someone... Uh, much younger, um, just starting out, can maybe consider buying this dress. So um, right. it'll be interesting what kind of, how that will affect, I guess, Amazon's play in the market too.
1: Yeah. I I tried to figure out, you know, the costs for the companies of being on these sites. And all I could find was on Tmall because they've been around longer. So people right. talk about them longer, but they have an annual fee to be in their luxury store. Plus they get a sales commission based on the category. So it varies based on whether or not you're buying a handbag or a garment probably, you know, or jewelry or who knows what. So it's still pretty significant cut of your, you know, and and other than doing it just on your own site where then you're not giving that up. Right, right.
0: And I wonder what they'll, it kind of makes me wonder if Amazon like behind the scenes is considering um, maybe their move into the resale market because luxury resale is huge. As we both know, like sites, like the real, real and farfetch um, are, have been doing like great business for a few years now um, as like the kind of the concept of, of, buying a pre-used, like, Chanel handbag isn't, like, blasphemy anymore. It's, um, again, like, kind of, like, widening the customer base for a specific product and brand. Um, and I wonder if potentially doing that, Amazon could, um, like, kind of, like, shake off that, that fake product, quote-unquote, um, kind of stigma that they have with certain things.
1: We'll see if they can. This is why I'm always a little bit dubious. I own Amazon stock and I'm still always dubious about like whatever they're doing on the retail side, because um, we've done those podcasts in the past where remember when they launched like Rivet or whatever that furniture line was and everybody's like, oh, West Elm is doomed or whatever. And nobody even mentions Rivet, although I'm sure they're sold out of all their desks right now. (laughs) I'm sure. I know everyone (laughs) was buying furniture on Amazon or wherever they could get it. Um, But, you know, it was supposed to be this whole disruptive thing. But I'm okay with Amazon not actually being disruptive and just being another, you know, they'll make money if they can get these luxury guys on there. And that's okay, too. Doesn't necessarily have to be some big you know, disruptive type of situation with them always because they do have just the sheer numbers. Yeah. Very so true. what's the difference between far fetch and real real? So okay. So I the real real is strictly
0: pre-owned, pre-used designer and luxury product from what I understand. I sold a co of uh, with them Last year, it was like very seamless. Um, the f- far fetch is you can shop pre-owned, but you can also shop new. I believe. Okay. So that it's like a
1: it's a duo type of uh, direct to consumer platform. I see. It's like so. It's like a marketplace. It's like Etsy for these like luxury goods.
0: Yes, and Netta Porter. Um, is also another, you can also currently count in Revolve in like the luxury marketplace direct to consumer websites,
1: okay. um,
0: where they just have, I mean, Revolve has, I mean, much more affordable products, but like there's some that, I mean, they can, they still sell like a thousand dollar coat. So it's, they're a little bit more wide ranging, whereas like Farfetch and Netta Porter are, are, they are the ready to wear, they are like the luxury designer, okay. um, type of type of product there.
1: Okay. Um well that's certainly going to be interesting then because then Amazon is competing kind of directly with Farfetch.
0: Yeah, and cuz Far I mean Farfetch has been an established player I feel for quite a while. Yeah. Um especially with like, you know, if you're in the fashion world like in LA, in New York, in Paris and London, like Farfetch is kind of like more or less your best friend. Um yeah. So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see again what other brands Amazon brings in and like how they can distinguish their shop from these other players.
1: Yeah, I see Farfetch'd is expected to have 1.5 billion in sales this year and then two billion next year. So that's some nice growth. They only did a billion a year ago. So they're yeah. expected to grow by fifty percent already during a pandemic. That's and when did they IPO last year? Um, well, we have four quarters worth of data on them. Um, maybe, maybe beginning of last year, maybe. Okay, let me. Look. And they're it's FTCH. I kind of honestly, yeah. I kind of forget about them. Like I don't I totally always do. remember that that they are publicly traded. Right, because they are one of the newer ones. Revolve yeah. is also. Uh, publicly traded, you mentioned them. R V L V is the ticker there. I-, I took a look a little bit to see what they did in this last quarter and sales were down 12%, but that's not horrible in the pandemic quarter, but everything is online. But right. evidently, you know, for the same reason we we didn't need to buy work clothes or any of that. And, and they sell some beauty items. Some of that might not have been selling either. In the quarter um, but they did see the fastest turnover in inventory in six oh. years said. yeah and then by june their net sales were actually up year over year so they did recover pretty good people were feeling better by then um let me see far-fetched in 2018 they went ipo wow Even okay a little older than i thought so um those shares have been all over the place they were Uh, did have a big rally off of the coronavirus lows because, you know, online and luxury and everybody's going back to buying, but they're a little bit down off the highs. They had a big miss last quarter, it looks like. And they're not uh, earning any earnings yet. (laughs) They're still figuring that part out. Well,
0: (laughs) um, should we talk about luxury, like, home? Um like home furnishing.
1: Yeah, there is that area. I feel like that's one of the better areas that to do online luxury. And that's yeah. an area that Amazon, you know, outside of Rivet and all that, but that was not luxury. That was that was low cost lines that they launched. They're not even trying to get into the luxury game, which I don't no, think because no, because it's restoration hardware. Um yeah, And then Design.
0: Williams-Sonoma has a furniture line beyond, like, Pottery Barn in West Elm, where it's, like, okay. that is the higher price point as well, but not as high as our age.
1: Yeah. And then Design Within Reach, which is owned yeah. by yeah. Herman Miller. Yeah. Several of us have gone to the store thinking, it's Design Within Reach, and <laughs> $10,000 for the couch. Hmm. You're like, oh, okay. yeah. They did to give you a free water when you went in there, though, which was very Uh nice. (laughs) Very, very generous of them. (laughs) But they have to be selling quite a bit online now too, though, because their stores were likely closed—not an essential business. But you know, everybody wants the furniture and all that stuff. And I know that Herman Miller had a very good quarter last quarter um, much better than what people thought also because people were buying like office furniture and whatnot from from actual Herman Miller side but right um, their design within reach business is a lot smaller than their other business just FYI for anyone interested in the stock. but I like that company a lot because people do forget that they do have design within reach and the luxury market is still doing very well here with the stock market still elevated, you know, it's come back off of that sell-off. Then that $10,000 couch might not be out of reach for some people um, with the stock market, you know, soaring. So yeah, that's, it it is hard to find a way to play the designer furniture uh, because a lot of it is private. It's not publicly traded. So um, RH, which I also own in my portfolio, and then Herman Miller are the two ways you can play it. MLHR is the is the uh, thing there. Oh, I see even here they said Design Within Reach announces a website relaunch. That was in July. So, yeah, they all these companies, you know, have to really up their game in the online because of the pandemic. But I feel like it's really going to push people, you know, all these companies forward in their development of the online sales. But I don't think they necessarily need online in the same way. Although, you know, Williams and Sonoma has always done online and they've done very well. This last quarter, I want to say 75% of their sales, I think they said, were online now. Used to be about 55% of their total sales. So you can see the big surge there. Yeah. I, I've had no trouble going on there to order like a lamp or, you know, a, a chandelier or something like that on their online portals. And, but I will go into the store if I wanted to, you know, try out the couch or the chair or stuff like that. Yeah. If, so, if it's so near me. Yeah. I
0: moved um, back in April to my new place and I've. I ordered two big things from West Elm and again, it was very easy, no issue. I ordered like a new rug and then a side table um, and both things. I mean, it could not, they really have their, their online business like down to a T they really know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um On design within Reach's press release for the new website. They did say that more, shoppers are making furniture purchasing decisions online so that's they got to get with the program man if that's where the customer is going to go but the stores and in rh's cases the catalogs still work and still drive the purchases so because i mean it's what rh has now
0: um managed to like establish very well is like turning their stores into galleries and like yeah. showing the customer like the different ways in which like a certain table or sofa can look in with different design elements and colors and all of these things. And um that's why, especially for, you know, big furniture pieces, like going into like a big crate and barrel or West Elm or whatever wherever, that's still it's still going to be an important part of that type of shopping beyond the pandemic. Like The panic is just like a little like obstacle with like shopping for for furniture where we were kind of forced to just do it only online. Um, But I think once we all feel safely or safe enough to go back
1: to the stores, I mean, it'll be like it never happened. Right, right. So where does this leave retail on the luxury side of retail? I, I know that a lot of the luxury sales have rebounded back to pre-COVID levels in China, at least. They're still a little bit lagging everywhere else from what I understand, but in China, they're, they're back. Um, and everybody was saying, oh, you know, retail is doomed, it's dead, it's this, it's that. But it seems, and especially with Amazon launching this luxury stores, that it could be better than ever heading into 2021.
0: Yes. um, Because I feel like, I mean, like Amazon getting into the space, I think shows you the possibility of luxury, like going forward, like beyond the pandemic. Um, There's still a desire to have a Gucci handbag or um, those really fabulous pants from Oscar de la Renta. I mean, not obviously it's it's a narrow cost, like a customer base but with the help of i mean of instagram of other social media outlets um, payment options like affirm and afterpay i mean that is just getting the customer base is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger so i think it's it's not going to be as dire as everyone makes it out to be all the time
1: you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and these companies will adapt. You know, it was not that long ago when a lot of people, myself included, actually thought maybe they couldn't sell luxury online at all. That the, you know, shopper wouldn't be interested much in that. But that that hasn't been true. And now with the pandemic behavior changing and we're ordering everything online, then, you know, why go back? I, right. I mean... Yeah. Like we talked about this,
0: like uh, prior to this podcast where there is something very special about going into um, a St. Laurent store or um, a Chanel store or a Louis Vuitton and like buying a bag, like with a salesperson, them helping you, like you see, you feel it, like all these things before you actually make the purchase. And you feel, I mean, I bought a card case from St. Laurent, like a few winters ago and it's, that's, like, one of, the, like, the the least expensive things you could get in that store. But it didn't matter. Right. Um, where, like, the salesperson, they treated you like you were buying that $3,500 handbag instead of just a card case. So that, it was, it is a very special thing to do, but it's not necessary anymore. I could have very easily gotten that online, whether, like, through St. Laurent's, like, own DPC platform or Nordstrom or Bloomingdale's,
1: but... I would think you be as loyal to that brand if you had bought it originally online would you have Maybe. like the feelings of yay, you know I don't know you know like, <laughs> I, I don't know it's either it's,
0: I I, it's connection. I don't think so because like sometimes like if if you buy um, like if you buy things online and it's like packaged well I, I don't know how to yeah. like describe it but like uh, sometimes like companies really go out of their way to like package the product like in just the cardboard box like very well and you feel like you loved like opening it but I mean it's just not it's just not the same I guess so I don't know I I don't know if I would feel if I would like love the card case as much as I did or do like after as I would
1: after buying it online I don't know okay well we'll have to see because there might be some you know, up and coming shoppers who only start off buying online and don't have the other experience, so then they won't know. Right. I mean, when, with teens making
0: millions of dollars on Instagram and TikTok, um, they—I mean—they're the shopper that I don't know if they would ever go just go to a store,
1: right? Before they before they like would buy it online. Right. I don't know either. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, this was a good discussion about what's happening um, on the luxury side, because there are a lot of different, you know, balls in the air for these companies. And some of them not only are trying to endure the pandemic and get through this, but going into these newer areas and new ways to market their products, like on Amazon luxury stores. So let me recap some of the tickers that we talked about. So there is Amazon, A M Z N is the ticker there. We talked about T Mall, which is owned by Alibaba, B A B A. Then there's the Real Real, that's the luxury consignment shop, online shop, and that's R E A L. And we had Farfetch, which is F T C H, which we found out is publicly traded, and Revolve. Um, Revolve is some luxury or what would you call that it's like it's like luxury adjacent yeah it's not like the ten thousand dollar purses but no uh, still a little bit higher than you know your normal uh shopping level let's just call it that and that's revolve rvlv and then we had um some of the furniture guys Restoration Hardware, which now goes by RH, but not everyone knows that. So we'll just call them Restoration Hardware RH, which is RH. And then Design Within Reach is owned by Herman Miller, and they are MLHR. So that covers, oh, we did talk about Estee Lauder too. Don't want to leave them out. EL is the ticker there, and that's been a real hot stock on the beauty side. So people might want to check out that one, see what's going on. But as always, we are talking about everything that's going on out in the world of investing every week here on the Market Edge. So you don't want to miss a single episode. You want to subscribe. You can get us on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. And we are on um, all the other platforms, including Apple Podcasts. But get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks.